we're starting off this year, and we're going in a new direction. Yes, we are going to have uh, His Word as the center of our studies here with the men's ministry, um, and taking His Word and then going ahead and building upon that. And what I mean by that is, what would God have us to do? What would He have us? We ask for change in our lives. Well, what is that change going to be? Um, over the past few years, some of the things that, that, I've, that I've preached from the pulpit is just being a servant. And we see it all throughout Scripture, is that dying to self and truly putting others uh, before self. But over this next year, what we're going to look at is becoming an armor bearer. Now, there's probably some questions that might come to mind. Like, for example, what is an armor bearer? Or who do we serve? What is the spirit of an armor bearer? Or is there need for armor bearers today? What is an armor bearer? It just happens that I have actual film footage of an armor bearer. As a matter of fact, it's actual film footage of King Arthur in a fight against Lancelot. Yes. So why don't we go ahead and in HD. <laughs> yes. Let's roll that beautiful beam footage. Move aside. This is the king's robe and the knights you joined arms against for his very own. I await the king himself. His knights are in need of training. I am king. And this is the Excalibur, sword of kings from the dawn of time. Who are you? What do you seek? I am Lancelot of the Lake from across the sea. And I have yet to find a king worthy of my sword. That is a wild boast. You lack a knight's humility. Not a boast, sir, but a curse. For I have never met my match in joust or duel. Overside. I will not. You must retreat. Or prove your worth in the test of arms under the eyes of God. Then may he give me the strength to unhorse you. And send you with one blow back across the sea. Then come across, sir. Sir, I have the advantage. I will not! Fight me! I'm your horse or on foot, but fight me! Your avoidance mocks me! I sought only not to harm you! (coughs) 
Your rage has unbalanced you. You, sir, would fight to the death against the knight who is not your enemy. For a stretch of road you could easily ride around. So be it. To the death. Times, that's what we think of when we think of an armor bearer. We have that image of the armor bearer running around. He's dressed in rags. He's tending to menial th- uh, 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 tasks of the knight and the lord, standing around waiting to hand their lord or master a weapon. But the Bible has a very different, very different aspect of what an ba- armor bearer is and what an armor bearer does. So if you would open with me, to 1 Samuel 14 in verse 1. 1 Samuel 14. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, to the young man who bore his armor, said, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gilbrath under the pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. Ahijah, the son of Ahitub. Aren't you glad your name isn't Ahitub? <laughs> Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other other side. And the name of one was Bozes. And the name of the other, Senea. The front of one face faced northward opposite Michmash. And the other southward opposite Gilbath. 
Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised, that it may be that it may that it may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Then go, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. They say thus to us, Wait, if they say thus to us, wait until you wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, then we will go up for the Lord has delivered them into our hand and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines and the Philistine garrison and the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have been hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about half an acre of land. Now it happened, it starts off here in Samuel. Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But they did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting on the outskirts of Gilbath under a pomegranate tree, and he had about 600 men that were with him. Now, as we look back, if we were to look back in chapter 13, we'd see that the Philistines were all ready to, uh, to do battle with the people of Israel. And many soldiers were there with Jonathan, but there were also some with Saul. Where was Saul? Was he at the battlefield? Was he ready to go? Was he ready to lead all of his troops? No. He was back, wasn't he? Yeah, he was back in the rear. Rear with the, <laughs> rear with the gear, as we like to say in the army. Do you remember when David fell? Right? When David fell with his adultery with Bathsheba? If you flip ahead to 2 Samuel 11... Verse 1, it says, It happened in the spring of the year, at a time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon, and besieged Rabbath. But David remained at Jerusalem. So where is David supposed to be? Yeah, he was supposed to be on the battlefield. Does this sound familiar? What is Saul doing? Right? He's back with 600 of his personal bodyguards. And where was he supposed to be? He should have been out with his son, Jonathan, shouldn't he? 
Yes. But who was Jonathan with? Jonathan was with his armor bearer. Now, his father was home being scared. Does it say that he was scared? No. But if you had 600 bodyguards around you, don't you think you'd be just a little bit concerned about what was going to happen, right? Yep, he was scarred. So, if Jonathan were to ask his father for permission, what do you think it would have happened? Hey, Dad, my armor bearer and I, we're going to go over to this Philistine camp, and uh, we're going to take a bunch of them out. You good with that? What do you think Saul would have said? Right? Sure, fun. Sure, son. Have fun storming the castle. I think it would have been a resounding no because of the state that Saul was in at that time. Now, remember, in the book of Leviathan, chapter 13, verse 13, it says, it is better to beg beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Right? So off they go. There's no book of Leviathan. It, it, it's, it's there and just after Snivelations, yes. <laughs> so, so here it is, off they go. And so it picks back up in verse 4. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other. And the name of one was Bozes, and the name of the other, Senea. The front of one faced towards uh, the opposite of Mishmash, and the other towards the opposite of Gilbath. Now, look at the meanings of these two. Bozes means glistening, and Senea means thorny. And they were the two rocks that stood between Jonathan, his armor-bearer, and the enemy. You know, a lot of times, isn't it that way for us? Isn't that way that here it is, there are all those glistening rewards, the riches, if we just engage in the battle. But there is also no shortage of any thorny challenges or difficulties. In verse 6, it says, Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. Now, I, I love this. I love the heart of Jonathan. And I love it because here it is. If you look at Deuteronomy 32.30, it tells us that With one, the Lord will put to flight 1,000. And with two, the Lord will put to flight 10,000. I don't know about you guys, but I like the Lord's math. Here it is. Now, if I were doing the math, if one would put to to flight 1,000, then two should put to flight 2,000, right? Yeah, right? But no, but in God's economy, it's 10 times that. You know, Daniel 11.32 says that those who know their God shall do great exploits. In other words, the more that I know the Lord, the more faith I'll have in order to do great things for him. William Carey, the missionary, once said, attempt great things for God and then expect great things from God. I like that. You know, every man here today 
should get involved in something that is so big that unless God is in it, it's doomed to fail. Get in over your heads. Do something that is so much bigger than you are that unless God is in it, it can't work. Jonathan has this mindset. Verse 7. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you according to your, own, to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Very well. Let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. But if they say thus, Come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has delivered them into our hands, and this will be a sign to us. Now, I love this armor bearer. I love Jonathan's armor bearer. He says, hey, let's go on over there. Let's take out a bunch of these Philistines, you know. And his armor bearer says, what? Are you crazy? Do you see how many of them there are? Look, they're Philistines. Haven't you heard of Goliath? We're going to see and encounter him in just a few more chapters. <laughs> He's so big, he's got his own atmosphere. We can't go over there. But that's not what he says, is it? No. He says, he says just the opposite. But a lot of times, I think that that's where we can be at. What? You want me to do what? Pastor Tanner? An outreach? Into our community? Wait, wait, wait a second. You want me to go and, and, and knock on doors? Yeah. How many of us said, are you crazy, Tanner? How many of us stayed at home and didn't go on the outreach, stayed where it was safe with our 600 bodyguards? Those that didn't engage in the battle, there were no glistening rewards. But I love what Jonathan's armor bearer says. He says, do all that is in your heart. Go then. Here I am with you. You see, his armor bearer is willing to go ahead and stay the course. He's willing to go ahead and stand by his knights or his lords or his leader's side. And that's a beautiful thing, the loyalty that's there. And, you know, when they, when they do that, um, yeah, well, let me back it up just a second. You know, I love the loyalty that's there in his heart. And you know, when I was in the military, that was one of the things that I used to tell all the guys that I served with. I told them, I said, hey, if we ever get into some serious combat, I want you guys to know that I'm going to be behind you every step of the way. But seriously, what does the armor bearer do? Okay, He stands by his side. He sees the vision of Jonathan. He sees the vision of his, land, uh, his leader. He stands by him, even if it looks difficult, even if it looks too hard for man to accomplish. But remember, with God, nothing is impossible. Then Jonathan says, very well, let us cross over to these men and we will show ourselves to them. Verse 9, then they, if they say uh, thus to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. But if they say to us, come up to us, then we will go, for the Lord has delivered them into our hands. Now, you might think initially that maybe this is kind of foolhardy. You know, here it is, Jonathan and his armor bearer going up against all these guys and everything. What was it that they were thinking? 
Now, really, what they're doing here, and I love this, Jonathan is saying, let's step out and see what the Lord might want us to do. You see, they weren't being reckless because they also said, if the Lord doesn't want us to go, then, hey, that's it. We're not going to go ahead with plan A, right? So we see this wonderful balance. A lot of people wait for things to happen in their lives. And they wait at a great distance. They say, Lord, if you want to do something with me, you got my number. Just give me a call, right? Call me maybe. But I think a better way is to do it the way that Jonathan did. He stood on the edge. He was at the door. And he wasn't going to force it. But he was in a place to storm right through it. Wasn't he? Yes. And perhaps you're in a place at work. Maybe in a ministry and the Lord is telling you to step up or to move out or to get ready. But what if it doesn't work out, Adam? The Lord has promised to close doors no man can open and open doors no man can shut. Revelations 3, 7. But you can't even see the door if you're not close enough or if you're off in such a distance. You've got to be there. And that's what Jonathan and his armor bearer did. Verse 11. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us and we'll show you something. Do you think maybe they looked at each other and said, Well, there you go. It doesn't get any clearer than this, right? And isn't it awesome when we go ahead and we listen to God? When we go ahead and we ask God in our prayers and he answers those prayers and he shows us? You know, when we did the outreach, one of the things that was, uh, that was so cool, and, uh, and we shared it with a bunch of people, was uh, as we're going door to door and we talked to a few people, got a couple of door slams and everything like that, um, but Michelle just stopped and she said, let's pray. And we prayed. And her prayer specifically was, let's, let us, Lord, have somebody that we go up to that says, you know what? I'm going to be there. I'm coming to your church. And we prayed that prayer, and the next house we went to, guy answers the door, struggling with cancer. He said, hey, I've seen that church. I've always wondered about that church. I've always wanted to go. You know what? I'll see you there. And how awesome was it that here it was, not five minutes before, we prayed, Lord, just give us somebody. Give us, give us that boost, that booster shot in the arm. And here it was, that next house. It wasn't five houses later or anything like that. The next house. God answered that prayer. That is so awesome. That is so powerful. And I love it. I love it when God does things like that. In verse 13, it says, So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hands of Israel. And Jonathan climbed on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan. 
and as he came up after him, his armor-bearer killed them. The first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about 20 men within a half an acre of land. Now, you see, this isn't the picture of the armor-bearer that we saw in the video clip, is it, right? They're not just standing around ready to hand out a lance. That's not the way that we're supposed to be as armor-bearers. That's not the way that God's armor-bearers are. No, instead, he's active in the fight. He's working together with his leader. And this is how we need to be with our senior pastor, working together. You know, we can show up here on Sundays. We can show up on Wednesdays and listen to a nice sermon and go away, never changed, never heading in the right direction, never going out and espousing the word of God as we heard it, that the word that God is giving us or the tanner is giving us. Or we can go ahead, we can come alongside him, get into the fight, climb on our hands and knees if we need to, and give the victory to our Lord. That's what we're to do, men. That's how we are to be as armor bearers. So, with those questions, what is an armor bearer? He's the one who's responsible for carrying his master's shield into battle. He has the awesome responsibility of seeing to the safety of his officer. And who do we serve? Well, we serve our senior pastor. We serve Tanner. Now, there's no doubt that God brought Tanner to CCRS. He was diligently seeking the Lord and continues to do so. He's obedient to the word and his direction. He leads, he tends, and cares for the flock. And as it says in James, we don't want to be just hearers of the word, but we want to be doers of God's word. We need to serve our pastor. So what is the spirit of an armor bearer? We live in a world that seems to know very little about laying down one's life for another. And a full understanding of this concept is vital to our very Christian essence, especially when we're being called into the ministry. But instead of offering ourselves to others, we think often that the church is expected to wait on us. But Adam, I could never do that. I could never go ahead and step up. Do you think that this morning I woke up, I cleaned the church, I cooked the food, I set up the PA? Actually, I did help out this morning. (laughs) But think about it. Here it was. Here was Joe, Thomas, and Steve. They got up, they cooked the eggs, they cooked the bacon, they cooked the pancakes and everything like that. They made that happen. But maybe you're saying, but Adam, I can't cook. Can you set a table? Can you organize a chair? Can you fold a napkin? Can you set out crystallized syrup? You see, we can offer ourselves up. It's just a lot of times that we don't want to. Jesus said, Greater no love hath greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. John fifteen, thirteen. It is not difficult to claim that we're submitted to Jesus. But the question is, 
are we going to submit ourselves to other human beings? See, that can be difficult at times, and that's a different story. So the purpose of our study, the purpose of being an armor bearer over this next year is hopefully to give you a revelation, to go ahead and take the spirit of an armor bearer in your relationship with the men and women of God in your life. Wrapping up, is there a need for armor bearers here today? Yeah, there is. You see, Pastor Tanner understands the calling and the anointing in his life, and it is his desire to see that God's will be fulfilled. But we have to understand that it is our God-given duty to go ahead and to stand with Tanner and to help him to fulfill that vision from God that he has given to both him, to you, and to me. And fully submit ourselves to him. You see, there are many great ministries that are built around one person. But what happens when that person is gone? You see, unfortunately, a lot of times what ends up happening is that it falls apart. The sheep scatter and they don't know what to happen, what, what to do or anything along those lines. But let me ask you this. Tanner's been in Florida, right, for the past couple of weeks. Did we have service on Wednesday? Are we going to have service tomorrow? You guys sitting here, right? Did the sheep fall apart? Were they not taken care of? No. We had an amazing breakfast this morning. We were filled. We've got a message right now that you're hearing. The sheep here are not lost. And we, as armor bearers, need to be lifting up that sword. That sword, which is the word of God, still in Tanner's absence. Now, so I ask you, is there a need for armor bearers today? More than ever. So join me on this quest. Join me on this quest this year. Become an armor bearer in your life. Like Jonathan and his armor bearer, let's be bold. Let's step out. And let's see what God can do with our small legion here of armor bearers from Running Springs. Are you with me? Are you with me? No, I said, are you with me? Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so very much. Lord, that you could even use a knucklehead like me. I thank you, Lord, for the message here today. And Lord, I pray that truly we leave this place with the spirit of an armor bearer. Lord, that we would submit ourselves, that we would humble ourselves so that we would go ahead and just be diligently seeking your will, Lord. Your will with this church, your will in our lives, Lord, your will with our families, your will with our work, just in every aspect of it, God. I just pray that all these things would come into line. Lord, truly be a part of it. Lord, go before us. Pave the ways, Lord, in the ways in which we should follow. Make it clear as day, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. We just come before you. We thank you. We love you. And it is in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.